Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Vista Culture Watch on Telegram.com. I'm Victor Infante, Entertainment Editor for the Vista Telegram and Gazette. Later in the program, I'll be catching up with reporter Craig Seaman. But first, I'm here with intern Maggie Flaherty. Hi, Maggie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, Maggie, you've been working on a pretty cool story for us, so why don't you tell us what's up? So I'm working on an article about singers with Worcester ties that have competed on different singing competitions like American Idol or even the New Voices competition through WCCA. Which in the interest of disclosure I'm a judge on. (laughs) (laughs) And there have been a lot of really interesting contestants that have been on most recently Brie Capone. Um, She used to live in Oakham, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and she was on American Idol. She went through to Hollywood Week, That yep. is, and she was actually one of 149 people to get through to that out of 150,000 that auditioned. So there's a lot of that goes into that. And I think what I've really enjoyed about watching your story unfold is when, there's a few names that everybody knows, well, not everybody, but that have a fairly prominent in Worcester music scene because of their success on those shows, relative, relative success. Uh, Jessica Cabral from American Idol, um, Sam James on The Voice, and probably most prominently, Alison Porter, who actually won The Voice, um, a Worcester native that lives in Los Angeles. Now, these aren't the people that are in your story. No, but they definitely have found success through these TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I think people like Alison Porter, Sam James, and Jessica Cabral, who have found success in the music industry after being on those shows, I think that's why everyone or why a lot of people go on those shows, a path to break through the music industry somehow. Yeah, and what I think I've noticed about this sort of pathway, it's very rarely a path to superstardom. Where the days of Kelly Clarkson winning, winning and becoming a worldwide sensation are over, pretty much. But it's a really good platform for workaday musicians who are willing to get out and still get out and do the um, hard work and the grit of getting out there and making music and touring and all of that jazz songwriting. So, what I mean, so tell us about some of the people that are in your story. All right. So, there there's definitely so much determination from everyone. So, it's really even ranges in age too. So, they're, they're on the younger side. There's Chloe Belsito and Lauren Ann Baker. They're both teenagers. Mm-hmm. So Chloe auditioned for The Voice and got a callback for the second round of auditions, which less than 10% of auditionees get at The Voice auditions. And even though she got cut after that second round, she went on to enter into a competition through the Today Show for singer-songwriters. And she was one of nine finalists, and she actually got a scholarship for use to pursue um, other music endeavors. And Lauren Ann Baker has a gig that runs at Beatnecks, and she has um, also auditioned for America's Got Talent and The Voice as well. And on the other end, Stephen Marrow, he is actually the uh, the audio engineer at Ralph's yep. Rock Diner. Um, he wants to get on the other side of the stage, so he has auditioned for The Voice three times. And even though he's not gotten through, he's still persistent in that dream and really wants to keep auditioning until he gets to turn some chairs. Well, and I think the word dream there is the operative one. I think, I think, I find there's something compelling about people who, who risk this, even though it's really easy to just write it off. Exactly. I think if I were to do this, I think I would, it would take a lot to get that rejection 
and <laughs> take that and learn from it and keep going back. I think that takes a lot of drive and a lot of determination in that dream. I think it's something really special that these people really want to pursue that path in any avenue they can um, get it. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's been... There's, we've had a large range of people that have come from here, and a lot of reality TV shows. We've, there's, there used to be, and this is well, well before your time, um, like you would have been like eight. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be something called um, the Worcester Cur- reality TV curse, where if somebody from Worcester appeared on a competitive reality TV show, they would be eliminated in the first round, and this happened for years straight. Uh, Project Runway guy from Project Runway. I had completely forgotten about all of this. Um, um, Alina Eisenhower on Shop got cut in the first round. Now she, she have actually went on to win on Sweet Genius, which was refreshing. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, there's been, and there was a number of them. There was a model on America's Next Top Model who survived the first round and then quit. Like before... <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw someone on Survivor too that got yeah. kicked out the first round. Yeah, Survivor, yeah. same thing. It's it's real. It, it was for the longest time. It was really, really kind of unnerving, <laughs> and I'm glad that we've gotten past that curse. There's been a few now people who've done well on these shows, you know. But I think, and I think, what I think a lot of people fail to grasp about these sort of shows is that when you see those audition real tapes. Those are actually the end of a rather long process. They have gone through a lot before they get there. What have you learned about how, what they go through to get to that point? So for American Idol, Brie Capone had to do three auditions before she even auditioned in front of the judges for on television. Mm-hmm. So she started at an open call in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Then she went... Um, to Georgia, I believe, and then she went to Idaho, for, and all of those were in front of producers, and from there, she went in front of the celebrity judges, Katy Perry, um, Luke Bryan, and uh, I forget the third. I'm actually not watching American Idol this season, so I forget myself. Oh, Lionel. Lionel. Oh, oh yeah, Lionel Richie. How can you forget that? He was the actual news of being on the show. (laughs) Now, do you watch any of these shows? I watch American Idol. Um here and there, and I also have watched some seasons of The Voice, but mm-hmm. not religiously. Yeah, I've got to admit, the only one of the, those those shows I watch is America's Got Talent. Because I think, and probably because I do listen to music professionally, I get really, really tired of, I, I find myself working when I'm on watching The Voice or American Idol. I also get really angry when they send talented people home early. That's why I stopped watching American Idol this season. My favorites are all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I've I've had that season. I was literally, and I think people we we did a. I used to do a lunchtime blog chat after American Idol with um, a reporter that's not here anymore. And when hey, um, what's her name? Haley Reinhardt. Haley Reinhardt. Thank you. Got eliminated from from American Idol, I was practically screaming at the television. <laughs> and I was like, for up until that point, I was like pretending, oh, I don't care that much. I don't care that much. And I was angry. <laughs> I was really genuinely <laughs> angry. <laughs> and oddly, you know, she's had a fairly successful career on her own since then without that. And, you know, Scotty McCreary won that season and he's had a very good career. Actually, both Scotty, Scotty McCreary is going to be at Indian Ranch this summer um, with a couple local musicians 
opening up for him, Annie Brobst, most prominently. Um, and La- Lauren Elena just played at the DCU Center opening for, I want to say, Luke Bryan, but don't quote me on that. It was somebody. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's it's, we do see these people recurring. But um, does anybody have like a bad taste in their mouth out of this? I mean, I'm sure some do. Maybe they just didn't talk to us. They, uh, Brie Capone was the only one that, because it was most recently, for her, she didn't speak of, she didn't say it was discouraging. She understood that the producers have a vision for this season, mm-hmm. and because she wasn't really shown much. She had our audition, and that actually wasn't aired, and she wasn't really shown much in the drama of Hollywood Week, mm-hmm. but that's because Hollywood Week is notorious for being very dramatic, and because the producers already know who's going through and who's going to be the top 40 and they already even know who's going to be in the live shows, all of that's figured out. They have to show certain people. And she understands that, um, she told me she understood that, that there are things that people want that she doesn't know what they want and she can't um, think ill of what happened because they're all looking for different things and it's a path she went down and she can just turn around and try another path. She's moving out to LA to try that. Excellent. Now I know Sam James has spent a lot of time in Nashville lately. He's still in the area, but he's spent a lot of time in Nashville working as a songwriter, um, working you know working with other musicians down there, and you know had had written some stuff for other other artists. So that's always pretty exciting. Um, but well, I think what I really want to know is <clears throat> how do I phrase this. Do you, do you feel sometimes like people are deluding themselves? Because that's what people say when they when they see people trying out for these things. That it's like that. What what do they gain besides a platform? Because most of these people have never actually made it. I think you can look at it in a way where they didn't make it onto the show at all. But, yes, yeah. I think you could look at it in a way that. Sometimes, even if they are deluding themselves, sometimes it's just that persistence that can get you somewhere. Yeah. And maybe at some point um, you turn around, but I feel like most people that break through are really driven. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I, I don't want to infer that anybody that we've talked to is deluding themselves. Uh, oh, maybe, no. well, maybe one or two. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could choose who. Now, um, but if you, um, but what I, what I really find fascinating is that there's, this whole audition process is actually in its way its own reward, you know, especially if you make it past the first one where you're learning a lot about how this sort of thing works. And that's something that I think is a valuable experience in today's music world because you don't make money the way you used to with it. You know, album sales aren't what they were. You know, radio play isn't what they were. So, but a lot of your work income is if you're really lucky, the bigger people are making it through TV work, and this is getting this strange sort of inroad into how that works. Did anybody else talk about anything like that? They did not, actually. Okay. But I do know that um, the judges are being paid crazy amounts of money. Oh, yeah. And that's actually always been one of my problems with reality TV seeking competitions. Because when the voice, excuse me, when American Idol started, you know, the judges were Simon Cowell and nobody in America knew who he was. 
you know, Randy Jackson, he got to be kind of a music geek to know who he is. And Paula Abdul, at most, you probably knew that she was a washed up pop star with like two hits in the 80s, 90s, maybe. Um, you didn't probably didn't know that she was a world class choreographer, you know, one of the best in the business. But because they weren't super famous, the show wasn't about them, it was about the singers. And I really do feel that when they moved, those judges moved on and they moved to celebrity, dance, celebrity judges, that it lost something. That it became more and more about, you know, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson are joining The Voice. And, and I like, I've, I've reviewed John Legend. I like John Legend. I like Kelly Clarkson, tell the truth. But um, it's not about liking or disliking them. It's just about, it's become about them. And I think that's a, that's a problem that I have with the genre, as it were. Am I, am I making any sense there? Definitely, yeah. Katy Perry has so many antics on American Idol, but she does give, in my opinion, the best advice of all of the judges mm -hmm. to the performers, but contestants. But she also, she dressed up as Ursula <laughs> and painted her face purple for the last show I watched for American Idol. So, oh, so yeah, that's, that, that'll get you a little <laughs> bit of attention. Yeah, I just want the focus to be more less on the judges yeah. and more on the singers. But it's like I can't, you know, there was a point where everybody used to be able to name the finalists on American Idol. Even if they weren't watching the show, they probably could. And now I remember very distinctly the season. We used to get weekly updates on American Idol on the AP Wire. You know, so-and-so was eliminated. So-and-so was eliminated. And they eventually stopped doing that. And it just, you know, maybe maybe there was a wrap-up when something big happened or something. And now a couple other wire sources, like the Washington Post, do weekly rap, weekly roundups of the show. But it's um, it's not like it used to be. It really is. It's, the focus has really gone away from the singers. And I hate that. But I'm, a, I'm always a guy who's going to want to be rooting for the people at the local level. So what else do we have? Do we learn anything else in this story? I think a lot of these opportunities have, especially at the local level, have given these performers an opportunity to perform more at the local level. So after, yeah. after Chloe Belsito won New Voices, she actually gets time in the recording studio from winning that. Yep. And because of the publicity she got for winning that, she actually has gotten more gigs locally. She performed recently at Lock 50. She has pretty frequent gigs at um, Ux Locale yep. and Pavidano's Place. Padovano's? Padovano's Place. Yep. <laughs> and from there, she's seen um, the crowd kind of grow through that. So I think she's really making a name for herself locally. And also Lauren and Baker is making, has that frequent gig at Beatniks, yep. which is amazing because they're both high school students. They will. They, I know. They're, 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 and I, having seen both of them compete on, WC, on um, New Voices, um, I can say just both they're immensely talented and they are both immensely driven. You know, they, they, they were there to work. They were there to sing. They weren't goofing around. Um, I admire that immensely about both of them and a lot of the other singers that have come through that show. Um, for those who aren't familiar, New Voices is a annual singing competition for young singers. I believe the cutoff is 20. I, I, I think it might change sometimes. Um, this last season, I, I've been a judge since the beginning. This last season was um, the other recurring judge, Cliff Goodwin, who was Joe Cocker's guitarist, and um, Amanda Carr from Singer, who's also the chair, um, director over at WICN. And she was the one who was behind the studio time and such. Um, it was 
I think that was one of the toughest judging panels that we've had on this thing. And watching Chloe just sort of break through it was we were having a completely different conversation about her than we were having about the other musicians. It's, it's like we're talking down because she's doing, giving us original songs and we're sitting there about talking about what you want in a title of a song because I personally thought her titles were a little prosaic and I thought they needed to be something that could be picked up in a search engine. But, um, and you know, can be the first result in a search engine. But, um, I mean, but we're having that conversation. That's a professional adult conversation. That's not a conversation you're having with a beginner. And you get these other kids, and I, I say kids, you know, some of them are like 20, but they're, they're ta- extremely talented, but and some of them were actually just singing, you know, copying what they've heard on the radio, not actually bringing anything unique to it. So, yeah, no, I was really horribly impressed with <laughs> with her, and I thought that was that was something. That's a really good standard, I think, for a young musician to be trying to hit. I mean, a high bar, but definitely. Yeah, from everything of ta- everyone I talk to, what I see is even Chloe Balsito, these young musicians, and even Stephen Marrow, they're all taking advantage of the opportunities that they see yeah. to try to break through to these. So, and they're all so Marrow, he's. Um, 57 so that's the the only singing competition that has in that doesn't have an age cutoff is the voice so mm. he's just that's why he keeps going to the voice he can't um, go to any other singing competition wow now i mean i suppose america's got talent but i don't think they do auditions around here or at least that i've noticed no i think you have to fly out yeah that's those. that's a pain but um but yeah so i think that is quite a bit to talk to on there uh, the story should be out, we're hoping, uh, a week from Sunday. Um, this being the live news bar business, it could actually, you know, get moved around a little bit. But, and I think I just want to add that this has been, this today's your last day with us, isn't it? It is. It's been such a great opportunity. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for putting up with being dragged onto a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more in a moment, but right now, this is Blinkers by Alicia Witt. On where I'm just the perfect size So you're halfway gone But you never lose your mind Write this out No coincidence at all Cause it's all too loud No matter what it's called Hold on tight All you have to stay is cool You can fold in five The house is yours to lose Don't need sleep When you're feeding on a flame And a smile so
Craig Seaman, and you've been listening to Blinkers by Alicia Witt. Now, Alicia has a show coming up in the area soon, doesn't she? Actually, Alicia Witt, uh, Worcester's own, Alicia Witt has a, a show on Thursday, May 2nd, at uh, Cafe 939 Berkeley in Boston. And this is uh, her kicking off a 19-city tour, uh, which ends in Seattle. Excellent. Well, it's funny, because I know she's, she's living in Los Angeles these days. I have friends who, like, go see her like at a semi-regular piano gig right. that she has out there, like that they're like regulars of her. So it's really well, weird. And I, not to correct you on air, but she actually recently moved to Nashville. Oh, did she? Yeah, she did a, a stint on the show Nashville on ABC, and uh, she actually made a lot of friends. I mean, she, as she explained, she made a few friends on the show, but she made a lot of friends there because she actually recorded her last two albums in uh, Nashville or recorded stuff in Nashville. So she got to, that's her place now. Oh, excellent. That seems to be, that seems to be the place everybody's drifting these days. Yeah. You know, I was just mentioning in the last segment, actually, that um, Sam James, local singer-songwriter who did well in The Voice, um, is regularly down in Nashville right. working on, you know, writing songs mostly for other musicians. Right. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's this, this sort of weird migration going on. Right. There. And I suppose there has been for a while, but now it's starting to seem, sound very visible. And as we know, Nashville has always been a hot uh, music city. It really has. City. It I really mean, always. Is. I mean, it's legendary. Yeah, of course. But it's, it's, it's so weird because, like, I never used to feel the migration the way I have right. lately, you right. know, the more I talk to musicians, even if they're just going down to record, like, you know, Gracie Day went down to record her album down there. It's like, I'm hearing that more and more than I, I feel like I used to. And I don't know if right. that's just perception or what, but it just seems like it's sort of snowballed even, right. <laughs> something even bigger. <laughs> Anyways, that leads us into our subject of the day, which is 
May concert. So, Craig, yeah. you have an article in last Sunday's Act section. What do Sunday's you got coming Act, up? Uh, please read it, guys and ladies. It's a well worth read. May is uh, usually the calm before the maelstrom of the summer season. Indeed. Uh, however, we do have enough uh, good shows coming up. Uh, in the Gotta Keep on Rocking, Just Can't Stop category, we have Foreigner. May 9th at the Hanover Theater yeah. Performing Arts in Worcester. Uh, I know I'm uh, a bit older than Victor, but there was a time when uh, Foreigner was big stuff. I remember that. That was that was my childhood. <laughs> it was everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I think actually one of the first sheet music I bought when I attempted to play the piano, uh, I'm sorry, P- the guitar, was Cold as Ice, which is actually more of a piano piece. So, uh, but they had they had a great string of hits in their day. Cold as Ice feels like the first time. Hot Blooded, Double Vision, Blue Morning, Blue Day, Dirty White Boy, Head Games, Urgent, and Waiting for a Girl Like You. That's the big one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I and I I want to know what love is, uh, which you couldn't escape. Uh, so they, I mean. I, 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 okay, I, I raz, I, I am playing the jaded music critic here for a second, but I got to admit, it's like I was giving the same guff to Air Supply, and when I saw Air Supply, I was like, okay, this was actually kind of fun. So there's probably a lot of that going well, on. Well, I mean, I actually, I actually, the first th- three albums of theirs, I, I have. Yep. I bought them when it came out, or maybe my sister bought them, but I played them a lot. I I enjoyed them a lot. I thought they were a good uh, pop rock band at the time. My only grievance is that Lou Graham, the original singer of the band, is not there. Yeah. But uh, like with Journey, everybody doesn't seem to mind that uh, uh, Steve Perry's not there. I actually like the newer singer. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. When I saw Journey at the DCU Center, I thought that he was actually... He, he, I mean, he had just such a fresh take and so much energy. With so, yeah, right. And their uh, foreigner singer, Kelly Hansen, who's actually their third singer, has been with them for close to 15 years. So that's not new. <laughs> no, that's not. He actually, that's probably as long, if not longer, than Lou Graham was with them. Yeah, band. probably. So, uh, so that's the first uh, big thing worth noting. And then in uh, Attack of the Madman, X-Man category, we got Michael... Shanker and his Michael Shanker Fest, May 10th at the Palladium in Worcester. So this is going to be a real head-banging Yeah, show. Michael Shanker is one of those uh, heavy metal guitarists. Yeah. Real heavy, yeah. real heavy metal guitarists. <laughs> so that, uh, and he's uh, playing with a lot of people. He's, uh, a lot of the singers he's dealt with through his incredible career. So that could be a good thing for, I mean, headbangers, definitely a big show. In the Don't Tread on Me category, we have Whitesnake. Oh, man. They're yeah, all I'm, just coming back. This, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about all the rock and roll that's coming. I'm going to, at, at, the, at the risk of um, courting the cards and letters, you know, it's like, I, 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 there is this, like, stretch of Foreigner and Whitesnake and, we have Ario Speedwagon coming up, and wow, this yeah. is classic rock on parade. <laughs> this is, you know, and, and if that's your thing, you're in heaven. And if it's not your thing, you're kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've personally never 
liked White Snake. I have, I, I, as I wrote, I have a love hate relationship with White Snake musically. I despise him, but at the same time, my review of the band's 1989 release, Slip of the Tongue, garnished my very first hate mail. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, so the racket, yes, and when we're talking vinyl, was will always be near to my dear. And my I have heart. never gotten more hate mail than when I wrote about the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough one to get on the wrong side of. Oh, it's bad. Classic rock is the worst. Classic rock is the worst. I mean, the last time I interviewed, to show how close people read that, the Eagle stuff, uh, I interviewed Don Henley for us a few years back. Yep. I think he was turning 70, and he did a incredible show at the Bank Pavilion, which is called Something Different Now. And his publicist called the next day to actually change it. said Don read the story, he loved the story, but there was a few words he wanted to tweak <laughs> because he said I they weren't uh, for whatever reason and uh, uh, but it's like oh I mean it's flattering that he read it <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of the, a lot of times they don't no and so uh, and uh, but now I'm gonna have here I come again on my own <laughs> stuck in my head for freaking ever and uh, and and and, uh, and to credit White's sake. They do have a video that still people still remember. I won't go into detail. Yes, on yes, it's very memorable. And 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 a, a thing of note: Lemonster native Michael Devlin, a uh, Devin, is playing bass for White Snake, and uh, that's and that is actually a big yeah, dog local connection. And uh, Devin uh, is the nephew of the late Monsignor Rocco uh, Piccolomini, the former pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Saint Anne Parish in Worcester, and he always uh, and which is my church, and he used to uh, joke with me about uh, great guy used to joke with me about my reviews. Once scolded me, tell me, uh, you know, Craig, he took me aside after a high mass. Springsteen's not Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I, there, there are some that might beg to differ on that. I think, does this mean we have the possibility of a White Snake benefit concert for Save Saint Carmel? <laughs> Gee, that would be that would be the greatest thing because uh, I want. Let's put this out into the universe. We want this to happen. I mean, Father Rocco <laughs> adored his nephew, and he always talked to me about that. And I, that's one of those things that's been on the back burner for the longest time. But unfortunately, things don't always work on the stories you want when you want them to. But uh, yeah, I mean, that would be great. Uh, and, yeah. and, then, uh, <laughs> and then Father Rocco, I mean, not that White Snake's a demonic band, but no. they've, they've, <laughs> had band, they've had album covers with serpents and apples, which is, you sure. know, got an Eden stuff uh, 101. But uh, F- Father Rocco always got a kick out of his, uh, <laughs> his nephew. And from all accounts, his nephew's a really nice guy. Yeah. So in the WPOD category, we have the Tubes. Always one of the favorites. May 15th, the Wilbur. And the first time I saw the Tubes was probably back in 83. They toned down their act a bit from their X-rated days or R-rated days. But uh, since then, uh, they they were always, to me, I always found them entertaining. Great tunes. Everybody plays their instruments well. Most of the original guys, especially Fee Waybill, the lead singer, is still with the band. I'm, I'm going, I bought tickets for this. I'm looking forward to this show. I think that's going to be a good one, and I think they're always a good one. Yeah, and in the and uh, I gave her my heart, and she gave me a pen category. We have John Cusick live <laughs> well, with a screen of the save, Say Anything, May 7th, Hanover Theater for the Performing Arts. 
Last year he came around Boston and did high fidelity. Yeah. Um, I would love him to do Gross Point Blank, personally. That is my personal favorite. Yeah. That and High Fidelity. Yeah, and both, both which yeah. he wrote. Uh, yeah. He wrote the scripts on both of those. I mean, even Con Air, in a goofy way, would be fun. Yeah, but, I'm uh, not quite in the same category. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and actually, I would love The Grifters, but that's another one. That's me. Uh, this could be fun. Uh, John has a connection to the area. It's a little uh, remote, but his, uh, his father did graduate. Uh, with a theater degree from Holy Cross College. Excellent. And uh, back in 2000, February 2000, when his father was celebrating his 50th anniversary of graduating, um, and his father's name was Richard, he's no longer with us, and he was a screenwriter and actor like his son. John and his sister Joan, which everybody knows, is also a distinguished actor, uh, fielded questions at uh, Fenwick Theater in, in Holy Cross. And quickly about Say Anything, even if you haven't seen this movie, it has one of the most iconic scenes in the 80s when it comes to movies, and that's, of course, the scene that John uh, Cusack is outside of Ioni Sky's bedroom's window holding a boombox, which kids probably don't even know what that is. I know. uh, Above his head and blasting uh, Peter Gabriel. In your eyes. In your eyes. Yep. (laughs) So, and that was, uh, you know, the height of uh, Peter Gabriel's uh, popularity with the Soul album, too. Uh, and, and we just got a few others real quick. In, uh, in the Bring Me to Life category, we have Evanescence playing their only show in the area, May 19th at Mohegan Sun Arena, Uncasville, uh, Connecticut. Uh, Evanescence, I haven't seen them for a while. Uh, Amy Lee has always been great. Uh, great voice, little powder keg. Uh, could be a great show. Uh, in the X Max the Spark category, we have X. One of the best. One of the best. Uh, and they're playing May 25th at Gateway City Arts Holyoke, a new place that seems to be getting a lot of great yeah, shows. That's, how the heck do they end up yeah, out there? Yeah, I mean, they got the Lemonheads coming there, too. Really? I think, the Lemon, I think uh, even uh, Danko is opening his tour there. Uh, I, I'll give you guys a report on May the day after because I. I X is one of those bands I always see, so I'm there. And then in the, I'm uh, shipping up to Boston category. We have the Boston Colin three-day event, uh, May 24th to 26th at the Harvard Athletic Complex, Al- Alston. A lot of people on that bill. I won't bore you with all the particulars on that. And that's pretty much on... A, a bit of a roundup of uh, May. That's There's a, a lot of stuff in Worcester going lot on. A lot going on. A lot, lot of people starting to get back to life again after yeah. the winter. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I think that about wraps us up. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good, Victor. Thank As you. always, thank you. Thank you much. You've been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thanks, and we'll be back next week.